Hey everyone, welcome to the Tales of Recovery podcast. This is Gris Alves, your host, and my friend Adrian Lozano is here today to share with us. Uh, Adrian is a plant medicine facilitator, an integration coach. I've had the privilege of sitting in um, ceremony with him and his crew, and it's it was so beautiful. I love your energy. I really am excited for you to share your heart and you know, how you've gotten to this space in your life where you're actually serving the community, mm. thriving, and I know it hasn't been an easy road. Yeah, not at all. Right? <laughs> um, so if you want to just introduce, I don't know, I guess I already introduced you, but yeah. thank you, thank welcome, you. thanks for being here. <laughs> thank you, Chris, thank you for having me on, it's a pleasure to be here, and yeah. thank you also for the work that you do in the community as well. Aquí andamos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I love... Um, just the magic that happens when you know how they say because i know every it's a big buzz now right plant medicine plant medicine. i mean it has mm-hmm. been for like 10 years but a lot of the the most important thing is set in setting mm-hmm. and so i always find that it's super important as a facilitator to do the work to be yes. really really grounded you know to be um, have a meditation practice, just some type of spiritual practice, something that you can emanate. So when other people are tripping balls, you know, they feel super safe because you come and you just sit by them and hold their hand, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that has been my experience. When I have been with a facilitator that's calm and has done the work, it has been profound, so beautiful. And I've been to some ceremonies many years ago where they just kind of throw you into the fire there and it was like, scary and <laughs> I might be more more traumatizing you yeah, know re-traumatizing um all right so tell us how you got into this journey yeah so it was about in my mid-20s um I'm 32 now so about six seven years ago um I had graduated college I moved to LA and I was I was really struggling I was um dealing with anxiety depression I would have mm-hmm. panic attacks I would had so much stress that my hair was falling out. If you look at my hair, I have a forehead of hair. Yeah, so yeah. it's my dad and my grandpa. So I was like, something is happening. My, my, my body was starting to tell me. It was like screaming like, hey, something is not right. And really for me, I had a lot of like social anxiety too. And I, I knew there was something more to this. And This so, was when you were living in LA? Yeah, in LA. Okay. I think it's that too. Like in LA, it's just a fast city. Yeah. And I was also like partying. I had friends. I was getting to all of that, drinking mm-hmm. to try to cope with how I was feeling. So all of that made the perfect recipe for being in a shitty, really tough spot. Yeah. Um, and actually, my, my friend Sal, which you know, he, he was also struggling too in his own ways. And he went to Peru and sat with grandmother. And when he came back, he was a different man. And you I guys, so it. you knew him already? Yeah. Okay. I knew him since college. So um, mm-hmm. we both moved to LA as well. And um, yeah, so he, he came back from, from Peru. And Sal, by the way, really quick, quick shout out, is an amazing musician, medicine mm-hmm. man too, who plays the charango and the guitar in our band because we have a band. Well, he plays with a lot of people, but with, you know, we're going to have a concert here coming up in December. So anyway, yes. shout out to Sal. Yes, Sal's my best friend, and yeah. uh, we've been on this journey together. And even like, yeah, we were both have our own um, paths, and and how medicine brought us closer together. But it, it was that it was um, he he actually took me for my first retreat. So after he came back, he kept seeking out ayahuasca and seeking it out. And then after that, there was a community that came from Colombia that mm-hmm. was that came here, um, and and then 
<clears throat> I was like, well, I don't have the resources to go to Peru, so I'm going to go with them here. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, I went with them. And, and after that experience, it it opened me up to a lot. But I wish I could say, like, after that, I, w- I was I was good. But as you know, that's just the yeah. beginning. And um, puerta, yeah, that was the door to like kind of seeing how a, a different place that I could be. In. And, and she really taught me how to love myself and how to work through now I know there's a, a, a lot of trauma that I had yeah. generational trauma my own trauma things that just growing up in this world that I, I didn't know but it manifested as anxiety depression panic attacks alcohol all of that so yeah, yeah it's been quite the journey so after that first ceremony um, you woke up the next day like what happened like how did how did this journey develop yeah and that I mean so when I this community came from um, Colombia and there was 50 people and you know, you feel really connected to them and you're like, wow, I love everyone here. And then everyone goes home mm. and you have no one. And also this was six years ago when people weren't talking about plant medicine the way they are now. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't, I didn't have any community. I didn't have anyone other than Sal, but he was doing his own journey and I felt very alone. And, and that's why like we know that integration is the most important part. So right. for me, I was not integrating. I didn't know what it was. So I, I had the first ceremony. I thought that was me healing, was going to the ceremony. And then I would kind of, after the afterglow wore off, I would go back and be the same person doing the same shit yeah. and the same suffering. So then I would go back to ceremony and be like, oh, I, I know what I need to do. I need to go back to ceremony. And and yeah, my, my depression got actually worse. Because mm-hmm. I, I had now a new awareness of the pain that I was in. I had, uh, I could look at it differently, but I couldn't stop myself from still being in, in suffering. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I went to another ceremony that I had a really powerful experience. Um, I wouldn't call it ego death, but like ego dissolution, where it was just, I felt like I was dying. And um, then when I finally came back, the medicine told me, you need to do the work. Mm-hmm. Like, stop coming to ceremony. Mm-hmm. And you know what you need to do. I've been telling you. Go to so, therapy. Yeah, and that's actually what it was. It was, it was yoga. So she, she told me to go to yoga, and that's when I started learning how to breathe, how to connect with my body, mm-hmm. how to be outside of my mm-hmm. thoughts and not be so much into them. And then, then I started going to therapy. Then I started, I even became vegan for a while, and then I started meditating. I deleted social media. I, I cut myself off from my friends that were my, my drinking buddies yeah. and, and was like in a cocoon phase for a while. And I, I, I was just like really inward, really like focusing on, I was like reading a lot of spiritual books and kind of what, what kind of changed who, the things that I would be interested in before. And, and that's really when I, I noticed like, wow, I, I did like six months of, of that intense like work, inner work. And then I started to change and I started teaching. And then like a year later, I was like, holy crap, like I am a completely different person. Yeah. And I saw the transformation that I had and people could see it uh, and, and they could feel it too. So after that, I was like, wow, like in- integration is what I was missing. And then that's after that's when I just kind of kept going down this path. Right. Because you noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I really like what you called integration because I think integration is different for everybody, right? Like mm-hmm. some people don't, but yoga, therapy, breathing and connecting to the body has really been, I mean, that's the way that I integrate it, right? La terapia, meditación. Um, one of the things that I that I want to ask you because I've I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, yeah, I kind of 
I have a, like a similar story. What was your family saying? Like, did you tell your mom and dad, like, hey, I went to ayahuasca? Or... I mean, my, my parents are, I love them, but they're a big reason of how I got to where I was. Yeah, no, I mean, Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, a strict Catholic family. Sure. And there was a, a lot of my trauma comes from shame mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, not being in there and what they want me to be based on how they, and all of that whole thing. Their ideas. In the, yeah, in the religion and all of that. So, um, I at first didn't tell them for a long time because of, you know, my, my, I remember my parents caught my brother smoking weed and that was like the worst thing. They thought it was like crack or meth and they were just like, I can't believe it. And they were crying and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to tell them that I'm doing this. And I didn't tell them for, for a while, for like three years. Um, cause I was living on my own and they wouldn't, they wouldn't really know what I was doing anyways. But then when, when, when COVID happened, um, I was still going to ceremony and I, I ended up moving back with them. So I'm like, well, I don't have a partner right now and I'm be, I'm leaving on weekends on end and I'm just like coming back like, you know, so I was like, you know what? And I actually had a ceremony where I did Wachuma and I felt my grandfather's presence mm. and I, I was able to talk to him and he, he passed. So then I was like, you know what? My, my parents have to know what I'm doing. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, this is no, there's no reason to be hiding this anymore. And when I did tell them, they were actually accepting of it because th- they saw the transformation that I had. Yeah. I came back and they seen like I'm more open hearted, more loving. They seen that I'm happy in my life. I'm not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they saw the change. So I told them like, hey, so <clears throat> I've been working with these sacred medicines and this is how I, you know, I, I started healing and changing. And they were they didn't know what it was. Um, so there's I mean, now they know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it was it took a while for me to like finally tell them and come out of the psychedelic closet. Yeah, <laughs> but they for them it was like they were able to see the change, and so they couldn't deny it like that that this is helping me. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's always you know it's so interesting because like you said, like the trauma comes from the parents mm-hmm. and the grandparents and the great grandparents, right? Um, but there's such a loyalty, fear sort of thing with the parents that it's like, do I tell them? Do I not? Um, I mean, I even now struggle. My dad barely like, cause I told my mom, I went to ayahuasca and I saw your parents and you're going to be fine. You know, cause she was dying. <laughs> uh, she was dying and she was so scared. And she's like, what? And I went again and she's like, I want to go to ayahuasca. But I mean, did, did she, she go? Was, no, she was on her deathbed. Uh, yeah. They would have. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And there was just such drama around the whole thing. Her family would have killed me. Um, I mean, she was smoking marijuana yeah. for anxiety. It was a beautiful, beautiful connection with the plant medicine for her in that way because it relieved her anxiety and, you know, but, um, but if I, like, if it, if that was happening now, I would have definitely given her mushrooms, Nino Santos, mm. oh, to ease the, you know, the fear, the anxiety. Yeah. But, um, it was such a long time ago. I just, and she was on other meds and I didn't have the experience that I have now, <clears throat> but my dad was 88. <laughs> You know, it's only been like six months that I barely came out of the closet. Like, where are you going? Well, I'm going to give people mushrooms. <laughs> Portobello? Like, what? <laughs> and I send him all this research because I tell him, you you can microdose, Dad. It'll mm-hmm. help for your anxiety. Because he gets anxious now. Mm. And, or, you know, and for the brain. And, but I give him to him and he just, yeah, no, no, no. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything bad. But he also, there's like this blockage, which is part of the freaking trauma. 
right? The disconnect, these hierarchies of Mexican families that are super Catholic. Um, so I think it's wonderful that you tell your parents and they were like, because they see, yeah, you know, he, they see the change, like no more drinking, you're in a better place. And my my siblings have done ayahuasca. Now my, my older brother, my younger sister, my um, brother's fiance, they've all done ayahuasca. Yeah. So yeah. it took a while when I, when I first did it. Um, I'm sure you probably got this too, where like everybody has to do it in my yeah. life. They have to drink it. <laughs> And I was like, nope, that's not how it works. And um, they they saw the change within me, and then you know they they were they they were curious for themselves. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It has to call you, right? That's the same thing. When we have mushroom ceremonies, everybody's like, how come no? Everybody needs to be doing this. Yeah, yeah but people need to want it. You yeah. know. Um, so throughout this whole process, I know that now you're. Your, your facilitator mm-hmm. of plant medicine. I don't know if you facilitate ayahuasca, but I know no. you do mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not gonna, just, just yeah. the sacred, the sacred honguitos. And so, um, how did you get into that? So when I was living in LA, um, and Sal introduced me to this, to this uh, community, and they 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 served ayahuasca there, um, but they also work with other medicines too, honguitos, um, San Pedro, and other ones as well. So. In this community, this is where I learned a lot of what I know because I would help out in ceremony and I would help facilitate. I would clean the buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do like the intake for everyone. I would hold space. And that's where I learned really about how to, what a, a, a facilitator is and like how how to hold space for someone and how to um, allow them to go through the process. And even afterwards too, I would do uh, men's circles. I would do like sound baths, breath work, integration circles. So I, I learned a lot about community there yeah. and that was like really important and that helped me out a lot and they they you know they were i was lucky enough to have that so when i moved out here to san diego i didn't have that anymore because that I, was in la yeah that was okay. in la uh-huh. so and i was doing that like i was doing two ceremonies a month wow yeah and it was like i was going to school with like ayahuasca yeah, school for sure um so and it was also like i had the luxury of being able to do that i had a space i had a community I had people that were there to support me and wanted mm-hmm. to see me grow and then that's when after during that time i started like seeing um you know integration coaches and things like that come up and i was you know what that's something that i want to do and I, t- I took a program for that and then when i moved to san diego i didn't have community anymore and i'm like okay you know what i think i'm ready to do my own thing and to start leading and uh, doing ceremonies retreats and all of that well the medicine actually told me that right. I was ready and, and I was pretty stubborn about it. But yeah, so I just I just started hosting them and I, I would bring Sal and Ladybug and, and kind of they started growing from there. So kind of when I moved from to San Diego and I didn't have that community anymore, I was like, okay, I'm ready to start my own. Build it. Build it, yeah. And it has, it's, it's been kind of quite the community that's that's been built from LA, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's so necessary because, mm, you know, I always I always tell Julio, it's like this is how we're changing the world, right? With new building new communities, coming like be, returning to the village ways and other modalities versus just going to the bars and getting drunk. You know, a community of of like really transforming your soul, like your spirit, your body, your whole. So. Um, and I have been to one of your ceremonies, so they're very cool. 
and um, interested in in just touching a little bit about and I think we were just talking about this earlier I don't know if we want to go there or not, but like the integration programs mm-hmm. and stuff um, <clears throat> because you mentioned you were at ceremonies twice a month helping assisting clean the buckets you know mm-hmm. having your own experience having your own integration having your own ex- years of being inside the medicine inside you know and then um kind of like you know i've been doing that as well for lots of years and the thing is one of my friends who's in vancouver who helps women a lot of people that i work with are getting off of antidepressants that's like the main thing i do Uh, antidepressants or anti whatever anxiety and she does the same thing in canada so we've talked i think actually I've interviewed her on the podcast and she asked me like, Hey, are you going to end up doing these certification psychedelic assisted therapy certifications? And, you know, I've been looking at them and it's just interesting to me. Not that they're bad. Not that they're not, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering what your opinion on them is yeah. because, you know, there's like, you're buying a certificate from who knows what organization and part of the I read the curriculum and I'm like I've been doing that yeah. like, but this whole like capitalistic thing of if you don't have the certificate and that's why I got it was because I was like well I want to support people outside of this community and I want to feel like it's gonna a, tiny, a piece of paper is gonna help because unfortunately it does that's how it um, works yeah. and for some reason I feel like I, I needed that to also be more confident in, in, in my mm. own abilities but um, yeah, it costed 10k, and especially I mean now it's still a lot of money. But back then in my later 20s, it was a lot of money. Yeah. So I had to take out a loan for it. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, like I, like, the thing that I got the most out of it was community and networking, which has helped me yeah. in what I'm doing. And I, I don't doubt that it has. But in terms of like the knowledge that I gained from it, it was like scratching the surface. Like there was a lot of these things, I'm like kind of already know this um it's like not things that i could have learned elsewhere or seeing at a, on, on youtube or things like that so i feel like it wasn't this one and it, it was also very all of these are all very new yeah so mine i won't say the name but it was i was the first cohort mm. and so i was it was very like they were it was obvious they were still figuring it out right. as they were doing and i've heard of that even now they're still figuring it out so all of these organs like they're all new mm-hmm. and they're trying to capitalize on this market that's growing and I've also been on the side of um, I was working for another company that trains facilitators so I was a part of that on the back end as supporting them I was helping them with the retreats and all of that and I, so I, I've seen the other side of it too not as a as a participant but and, and the same thing where it was like 12k and I, I saw like how they were still kind of figuring it out and even the the um the concepts that were there i'm like this is not even like that rich or full and you're not really like i go talk to someone in the amazon if you want to learn how to work with these medicines go talk to someone a lot oftentimes in these programs people haven't even sat with them yeah and that's scary like you're training people to be a facilitator to be a coach who has no experience with the medicine yeah and so like they would have a retreat and it'd be their first time sitting and that that to me is scary mm-hmm. it's like how you know to, for, for me to say like someone that is a trained facilitator in Oregon um, who has this certificate program 
or you who you know has is, an, is a medicine woman like who, who would I feel more comfortable sitting with you obviously but there's some people that for some reason would feel more comfortable with a licensed facilitator yeah. who has probably sat with medicine twice it's like yeah. uh, I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah I know it's and it's um, it's important to whether you're going to sit with Adrian or myself or a licensed facilitator bring out the questions mm-hmm. what's your process and how many times have you sat and you know because you're it's big it's a huge experience you know, I love it when they call me and ask me 50,000 questions. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and so sometimes I feel like people, it's like going to the doctor or there's this, a licensed facilitator. Well, they know you're not going to ask any questions. Ask all the questions. Vet your facilitators. Yeah. Ask them, are they doing the work? Are they going to therapy? Or do they practice some type of meditation? Or You know, like, because you want to know. Uh, and probably, you know, and the thing is, it's your right. You don't really learn that until... I barely, and I, I think it all happened, a lot of it happened through my mom's illness. But I realized when people go to the doctor and the doctor tells, no, 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 no. The doctor works for me. Yeah. You know? He doesn't, I'm going to ask the questions and I'm going to take your advice, but also I'm going to study and maybe talk to someone else. And then I decide, right? Same with the facilitator. To, and I'm saying this here because it's a, it's a huge thing and a lot of the listeners that are on here well of course most of them are already doing medicine or at least curious about it otherwise i don't think you'd be listening to this podcast but (laughs) but i like the fact that um and it's okay if anybody gets licensed or whatever but but i really do believe in underground movement like this village way it's kind of like the community that you spoke about that Mm -hmm. you've created Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm going to give a shout out to that and to these type of uh, communication methods that are still sort of like punk rock, you know, underground, doing the yeah. thing, right? Doing a lot underground. It's true. And also, like, what they're doing in Oregon, too, it, it's kind of sickening how it's like 10K for a, a, a psilocybin for session. You have to bring the medicine. You have to do it. Yeah, people have to bring the medicine themselves. It's wow. 10K for them to do it at the service center that's licensed by a licensed facilitator. So that whole thing just sickens me. That's why I, I didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I was like, this is not like the way to do it. Like I'm going to go back to doing the underground way. my own way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. See, you know, and it's, um, and you know, one of the, I, I really appreciate that you mentioned, you know, I would go to the ceremony and then do my life again. Like the, what I was doing before. And I would go again until, you got the message. Well, first of all, the medicines do open up. You did mention I was more sensitive to this depression, but I but I was just more aware of it now, mm-hmm. right? So the medicines do create an awareness. Yeah. But then having to go and do the actual work of going to yoga, doing breath, we're going to therapy. Um, <clears throat> I really appreciate you talking about that because they're not just a magic pill. No. You know, it's a doorway to in my opinion, oh, such a beautiful journey of another life where you don't really, you just, it's so much letting go of conditioning and, right? Yeah, and like people ask, like, I got this question before when I was first starting off, like, why do you go to ceremony more than one time? And I was like, because to me, it feels like an onion layer that you're peeling off and you're learning more. And I still do my work with ceremony and that's something that is very important to me because I'm still 
there's lots more to learn. Yeah. There's a lot more to like, you know, you're, there's, you're never really done. So I think for me, it's, during that process, it was, it was like figuring, like figuring it out. And for a while I did stop doing medicine because I had to integrate and I had, for me, the biggest integration has been therapy, therapy and yoga. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to where my yoga studio and therapy office were in the same building. Oh, great. So I would go to therapy, like have an intense session and then breathe it out in, in yoga. Mm. It was like, go take it out on the mat. And that oh, to nice. me was just like, it was so beautiful. Like that for me was just the best. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing is so, um, sometimes I'll show up to yoga and I'm so tired. I, but I show up and I, I'm like, tell the teacher, I might not move, but I'm doing the breathing, mm-hmm. you know, deep, long breaths. We hold our breath so much. There's so much tension. Um, all right, let's see. So, um, what, like, how can people, because I know you have a couple of programs that I think would be cool to talk about. Mm-hmm. If people want to work with you, um, if you want to tell us about your coaching program, re- upcoming retreats, or yeah, whatever, so, all of your offerings. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, I have several ways in how I support people. Um, I do retreats, I do ceremonies in LA and San Diego. We just had one in Ojai recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful there. Yeah. First time in Ojai. It's a beautiful place. Um, and then also I do one-on-one integration work, coaching. Um, that's people that are working with medicine and, and also do microdose coaching as well too, um, which a lot of folks are are interested in. Oh, yeah. Coaching. We forgot to talk. Okay. Say it all and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. So I do <laughs> microdose coaching too. Um, and then also uh, I have a microdose. One, one thing I... Uh, New thing is a, a, a group microdose program. That's going to be a program where people are going to be microdosing together. Um, virtually, we're going to meet, meet together on uh, weekly Zoom calls, have a group text. So, you know, m- microdosing is a very individual journey. And I wanted to bring a community aspect of it, kind of like yeah. a ceremony aspect to it. Where, because we, we do heal in community. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring like that as a, as a part or as a way for people to be able to do this journey with others. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> I mean, we'll put all the information, but your website is? LozanoFlows.com. Instagram too. LozanoFlows. Lozano.flows. Yeah. I'll put all the links here on the on the notes of the podcast and when we publish it, but uh, maybe we can just touch a little bit about microdosing. Yeah, I kind of... It's funny. I, I've been somehow... Um, not, I wouldn't say pigeonhole, but like I started off with ceremonies and retreats, but microdosing has been something that I've been kind of leaning more to, and pulled in that direction. And I just um, recently, I am a part of a microdose facilitator training program with Mycology Psychology. Mm-hmm. So I'll be training or I'll be doing a, a, a module on the language of the mushrooms. And a lot of my clients are microdosing clients. Um, it's just, I think because it's so accessible and it's less scary, like, People, not everyone wants to go to a ceremony. Yeah. Not everyone feels called to, you know, to do it for, for various reasons, yeah. <laughs> pretty obvious ones. And so microdosing has been has been growing a lot in popularity mm-hmm. and it's more accessible. Anyone can do it. It's less scary than a, a, a ceremony. So I think that and people are seeing really good benefits from it. So it's something that has been growing and, and kind of um, excited to be in that space. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like the there's like a, it's like a natural antidepressant yeah natural anti-anxiety 
you still you still have to i really i think it's great that you're doing that program because you still have to do like you know do the work be mm-hmm. intentional about it it's not some magic pill reciprocity with the spirit of the you know of the, of the mushroom and an awareness of what you're doing but they are definitely way better than pharmaceuticals and and yeah like a lot a lot of my clients that have never been in ceremony they're microdosing for the first time ever or like maybe they've done it recreationally but they're doing it in this way and people are having really profound like i think people that have not been in ceremony and just do this like they say that their anxiety is a lot better mm-hmm. that they can be more conscious of their thoughts mm-hmm. that they're not feeling like coping with alcohol um they're able to get off their antidepressants and it, it's also a bridge to the ceremony too because yeah. some people start to build that connection with the medicine they build that trust they see like oh wow this is actually helping me so maybe there's more to it mm-hmm. so sometimes i think it's like people are more more open to microdose and then from there they see how beautiful this medicine is yeah. and then they can do the, the deeper work yeah yeah it gets you ready mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh it's definitely trauma medication <laughs> trauma medicine like trauma healing um i guess one of the ways i can describe it works is um yes you know it's like the neuro the neuroplasticity and the, you know they're it's working in your brain but all of the memories and all the trauma is inside the body and this medicine i don't it's like part of the magical aspect of it you know because you can get very technical about it which yes there aren't there isn't really that much data scientifically based on microdosing as much as there is on deep dives yeah um, but what I've seen in my own personal experience with microdosing and all my friends in my community who are my, cause you know, most of my community ever was microdosing, yeah. all the clients, you know, all the people that I work with is that, um, it is like this, it is slower. It's, it's not as intense as going and sitting with a deep dive, but it is a way to become aware and to become more and more awake, more and more alive to what's happening. Because they do make you feel more. I, you know, I've had times where I was microdosing and I was just crying every day. Mm. And I was like, what is going on? Because they make you, they allow you, they help you feel. And we are sentient beings. Part of the problem is, like you mentioned earlier, anxiety and stress. Because our bodies are so rigid from trauma that we can't feel. Yeah. But when you begin to feel... It's scary. That's why you need a coach. That's what you're going to call Adrian. <laughs> because it's, we're not used to it, you know. But, um, you know, if you're out there listening, that's what we came here for. It's to feel, to, to feel. connect. Huh? They help us remember. And they're like yeah. amplifiers. Yeah. So they can amplify what you're feeling. And I always tell people that. That's why it's important to know that with microdosing, it's not a magic bullet. And one microdose is not going to change your life, but having an intentional microdose practice can and being aware of it's always not going to be good to like, like you, you crying, you know, someone could say that I don't want to feel emotional. I don't want to cry, but that would probably be very healing for you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause if you don't, it goes somewhere else, right? Yeah. The body's <laughs> going to keep it somewhere. Yeah. It's going to come out some way it's too. It's going to come out. You're going to get sick. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful medicine and beautiful work. Um, Adrian, thank you so much for for what you're doing in the community, for coming over here and hanging out. You even helped me with some tech stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a laptop. 
Um, is there anything else that you want to, I don't know, close with or share? Or... Um, no, just thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, it's great to, I mean, shout out to the San Diego community. Yeah. A lot of, I, I honestly, from moving to LA to San Diego, like it, I never, LA never quite felt like home. And when I moved out here, I just was able to connect with so many people. I met yeah. you through Sarah. Sarah's yeah. amazing. And mm-hmm. just the different people that are here in this community and how, how we show up and how the energy is. I can see why people never want to leave San Diego. Yeah. I'm one of those people now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is my home. Yeah. And LA never felt like that. So for me, and it's quite beautiful to see how we can grow when we're in community, when we have community. Yeah. And so shout out to my San Diego family. Yeah. <laughs> see, you know, San Diego is like a big, I've been like the consciousness, the, the community, mm-hmm. the, the folks that are, Maybe it's because it's such a nice place. I don't know. When I first moved here, that was the biggest thing I noticed. I'm like, wow, everyone here seems a lot more nicer and chiller than LA. I think because there's no traffic. There's not just a lot of people. You get to the beach faster. Yeah, you get to the beach faster. You get to see that. And there's a mycelial network here. And and like a lot of people, a lot of, well, a lot of mushroom people are here too. So Mm -hmm. it's just, I think that that collective consciousness, so it's so beautiful to be part of this community. And I'm so lucky to have found you and everyone else. Yeah. It happened kind of pretty fast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's going fast. Yeah. So we're here for you guys. If you need anything, (laughs) thank you guys for listening to tales of recovery. Thank you, Adrian, again. Thank you for having me on. Namaste. Much love. Much love. See you guys next time. Please like, share, subscribe. Of course, if you think this is helpful, send it to everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time.